Business Reset. I'm Susie Ann, in for Sasha Ann Simons. There's a new cannabis shop in town. The Grasshopper Club in Logan Square is the first fully independent black-owned dispensary in the city. And it's a family affair. Chicago lawyer Matthew Brewer is the co-owner alongside his brother Chuck, and his mother Diane will be helping with the books. Brewer first applied for a license back in 2019 through the state's social equity program, which aims to help communities disproportionately impacted by the war on drugs get into Illinois' cannabis industry. That program saw its share of hiccups and delays, but that changed this past summer for the Brewers. When I spoke with Matthew, I asked about how his background as a commercial litigation attorney involved in the state's medical marijuana industry led to him opening his own recreational shop. 2014 was when the state first legalized uh, medical cannabis, and I was lucky enough to get a little bit of exposure to that. And what I saw was that cannabis in Illinois was a brand new industry, had never been done before. It's not often that you get a chance to come in at the ground level of a new industry uh, and to develop uh, a business then. Uh, And when you look at how uh, communities are built, how families uh, have built wealth, a lot of it happens at the beginning of of new industries or on the edge of innovation. And this seemed like a good opportunity for that. Yeah. Well, earlier I alluded to some of the issues with the state awarding social equity licenses. What was that process like for you? We applied uh, at the end of 2019. And at the time, the expectation was that we would hear back from the state in May of 2020. Uh, Obviously, something called COVID (laughs) happened. And so that uh, was a curveball, but then there were a number of lawsuits challenging the mm-hmm. state's process for scoring, awarding the licenses. Uh, those lawsuits resulted in additional delay. And so we first applied at the end of 20, uh, 2019. We didn't get our licenses until July of 2022. So that's a very long time of uncertainty. Uh, even when we first received the licenses, uh, we didn't know when they were coming down. Uh, in other words, it was a surprise on the day that we got them. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like a complicated process. Uh, I know you had to move quickly in recent months. Um, Take us through the last six to eight months. What goes into opening up a dispensary? (laughs) A lot. Uh, It starts with finding a team uh, and applying. And that in itself is a very complicated process, which it needs to be because Mm -hmm. cannabis is a very complicated operation. So first you get a team and you get people and you apply and then you wait uh, and then it brings you to the last eight months, which you asked about. Finding a location is very tough. Yeah, You have to find a place that uh, meets the zoning, requ- the zoning requirements that the city m- makes. Uh, you also have to find a location where the landlord uh, does not have a mortgage that's federally backed. Mm. And that's a, a little known but very big curveball. Uh, which is that because cannabis is still illegal federally, yeah. uh, we can't have a location with a mortgage that's federally backed. And so if most mortgages are, uh, which makes it very difficult to find a good location. Wow. Then you go through the zoning process uh, and have a number of community meetings, uh, all while trying to get a construction team, architectural team, design team, compliance team, security team, all together and aligned uh, to make it all stand up. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot. Uh, Well, as we mentioned, this is the first Black-owned independent dispensary in the city. Um, First of all, what does that mean? And and what does that mean to you and your family? Good question. 
The independence piece speaks to the fact that uh, we developed our concept, we built the location, we funded the operations. Everything's been done by us uh, without connection to or support from uh, a larger uh, nationally uh, national cannabis company. Uh, they're called MSOs, uh, which stands for multi-state operators. Uh, and, you know, a number of the MSOs, uh, the MSOs are the biggest players in the space right yeah. now. A lot of them are publicly traded, uh, and a lot of them have expanded their footprint by finding local partners on the ground in different states to stand up operations. Uh, and so when we say we're independent, it means that we don't have that type of partnership with an MSO. Uh, it's important to us because it gives us more autonomy uh, to create the experience we want to create, to carry the products we want to carry, to partner in the community, community the way we want to partner. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we don't have to ask uh, for anyone's permission. I imagine, though, there is a little bit more financial risk than to be independent. Big time. <laughs> yes, 100 <laughs> uh, percent. But but hopefully more reward as well. So is your long term goal to stay independent or, or could you see yourself teaming up with or, or maybe even creating a larger corporation? The one thing I've learned in this space is that the world is always changing. It's very important to be nimble, very important to stick, keep an open mind. Uh, but I can tell you that uh, – Having the autonomy to build something the way we want it and to partner in the community the way we want to is important. And so whatever paths, whatever partnerships we may have down the road will be consistent with that. Yeah. Well, I have to say I love the name Grasshopper Club. It's very fitting. Uh, what's the story behind that? It's fun. Uh, we wanted something that was a little bit playful, uh, which we think the grasshopper is, something that had a very subtle nod to the plant itself mm -hmm. in, in grass. Uh, and then symbolically, the grasshopper represents learning and exploration. Uh, and here, uh, with the word grass, it's uh, learning and exploration around grass. Uh, but the, the real reason I came up with it, uh, I'm a little bit of a geek when it comes to puns and playing with words. Uh, and so if you look at the grasshopper club, uh, another way you can look at those same letters is the grass shopper club. Oh. <laughs> and so it's a, a fun little play on words. <laughs> Uh, and a lot of people, they've heard the name grasshopper a million times, and it's not until I explain that that they make that connection, which oh, is fun. Oh, even better. Yes. Even better. Well, you know, so you're a graduate of Mount Carmel High School in Woodlawn, and you live in Hyde Park. So why Logan Square? Uh, so I, I grew up in Hyde Park. Uh, right now I live in the West Loop. Uh, I love Logan Square. You know, it, there's a personality in the neighborhood. The neighborhood has its own character. Uh, an element of arts and edge and creativity uh, that's very consistent with us as a brand and, and very consistent with our product. Uh, the neighborhood has been very welcoming. We went through the zoning process there. We had a number of meetings, uh, and they've been fully open arms from individuals to organizations. Uh, we've partnered with local businesses, and so it's been a great place to to put our, you know, our first flag in the ground. And we're really excited about uh, – the number of different possibilities with the farmer's market and other different local community events where we can uh, show up and be a partner. Yeah. This is Reset. I'm Susie Ann. In for Sasha Ann Simons. Chicago has opened its first independent black-owned cannabis dispensary in Logan Square. The Grasshopper Club is also a family-owned business, and we're joined now by one of the members of that family, co-owner Matthew Brewer. So we mentioned family just now. Uh, tell us more about who's involved and why you wanted this for your family. Sure. So my family uh, consists of myself, my mom, and my, and my brother. Uh, 
Uh, and my brother, uh, in another lifetime, uh, had been arrested uh, a couple times for cannabis possession. And, you know, there's a longer story behind it where it might not have been right for him to be targeted or pulled over in the first mm-hmm. place. And so there's an element there. But more broadly, if you look at uh, cannabis arrests and, and convictions uh, prior to the legalization of cannabis in the state, uh, the numbers were disproportionately skewed towards black and brown yeah. arrests and convictions, overwhelmingly so. Uh, and now that cannabis is legal in the state, uh, you look at the ownership and who's predominantly benefited from the legalization, and it's not that group of people who uh, were disproportionately impacted, yeah. uh, including my brother. And so when this opportunity came around to uh, assemble a group to apply for licenses back in 2019, uh, it was a no-brainer to try to uh, bring my brother under the fold. Uh, he was very excited to get involved. Uh, he has a ton of experience and knowledge around uh, the plant itself, uh, as well as other areas like IT uh, and uh, some elements of accounting. And so he's been an all-purpose player uh, on the team. Sometimes he's uh, in the dispensary uh, and helping out uh, with the experience there, uh, but he's also uh, playing a big role in making sure our systems are up and running, which, yeah. you know, that's, this is not the sexy part of the business, but systems will, you know, can make or break a business. Uh, and so he plays a very big role with that. Yeah, I mean, that must be huge. That must be a great feeling for him to to know that uh, someone who um, was just part of that group, who disproportionately affected by um, by the marijuana criminalization, and now being able to be on the business end of things, uh, that must be a great feeling for him. It is. It is. Uh, we've been so busy, heads down. Uh, we haven't stopped to really you know, take in all the the moment, uh, but it is it's a, an exciting opportunity for all of us, uh, and I know he's he's thrilled to be involved. And do you think the state of Illinois could be or, or or should be doing more to help diversify the cannabis industry? I think the state of Illinois has a tough lift uh, because you know I, I genuinely think this social equity program that they rolled out uh, was intended to do just what it's allowed us to do, which is uh, increase ownership and diversity in the industry. Uh, but it's there are a lot of people who have different political agendas, and the state is in the tough spot of having to balance it all. Uh, and so could things have been done differently? Yes, in theory. Uh, but I don't pretend to know all the inner workings of the politics and all the different parties and constituents at play. Um, it's I, I don't envy <laughs> the decision makers. Yeah. Well, um, you know, going back to your business, beyond being the city's first uh, black-owned independent shop, what else makes Grasshopper Club stand out from the other dispensaries? We have been very lucky to bring to our team a lot of individuals who come from hospitality backgrounds. I tell people we have, amongst our team, over 30 years of hospitality experience, over 30 years of experience in the cannabis industry. Uh, And... You know, we have people who have worked at places like Alinea uh, or other top wow. uh, restaurant and hospitality experiences in the city. Uh, and then we have people who've been involved at the very early startup phases of, of cannabis companies and people who've worked in dispensaries. You add that to the fact that the design of our space was done very intentionally to be welcoming uh, and to allow people to have a safe space to explore uh the products, to have conversations, to 
ask questions, to dig deeper, to look at things on display, uh, packaging on display, uh, because we can't have actual product on display. But it's, it's a place where if you come in on a Saturday, you might hear uh, a buzz of conversation and laughter and back and forth in a way you might hear at a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Uh, the interactions are less transactional uh, and more uh, like ordering a drink from your favorite bartender. Yeah. Uh, and so that's the vibe we've tried to create, uh, more hospitality-driven from the way it looks, the way it feels, uh, and even the, the people who, who work inside. So how's the reception been since you opened your doors earlier this month? It's been great. We are, today is Tuesday. Today is Monday. Uh, well, we are about two weeks uh, in from our original opening day. Uh, and we've had a great turnout. Uh, a lot of people have come in. We've noticed a number of people traveling from far because mm-hmm. they wanted to come see the space and to be supportive. Uh, it's been women in their 70s who are sitting around uh, learning more about cannabis and the products and deciding what to purchase. Uh, It's people from the neighborhood who wanted to see a new uh, alternative to their other options in the neighborhood. Uh, It's a mix of people from all walks of life. uh, And uh, it's been a great, uh, a great welcome so far. Yeah. So, so what's your best selling item? You know, we only have uh, a couple weeks of data and it's, it's probably a little too early to say, I will say uh, we carry a very large supply of products, and and we're able to be a little more curated in our approach. Uh, We don't make our own products. So 100% of our shelf space is uh, devoted to individual products that we've been intentional about creating. Uh, And so uh, we have edibles. People, You know, edibles are a big driver. Uh, We have 93 boys. They have a, a... Pre-roll, uh, that's one of our biggest products. Mm-hmm. That's uh, Vic Mensa, local mm-hmm. Chicago artist uh, and, and cannabis entrepreneur. Uh, we carry his brand, uh, and, and that's one of our big sellers as well. Wow, yeah. And, and so do you only sell from your physical location, or are folks able to buy online? People can either order ahead online or come into the store. Okay, and then, uh, you know, finally, what, what would you recommend for people who might be new to cannabis um, or, or not sure what's best for them? What would you recommend them do? I would recommend them come to the Grasshopper Club. <laughs> Our staff, uh, we call them concierge, so cannabis concierge. Our concierge are particularly trained to help that person find the right uh, product. And if you're new to consuming cannabis, you know, it's very it's a very individual trial and error process to figure out what works. What works for one person won't work for another, and what amount works for this person won't work for that person. So there's a little bit of trial and error uh, that can make the process intimidating. Our concierge can uh, get to know the person, the vibe they're looking for, whether they want something more uplifting or something more relaxing, something more inspiring, something to help them go to sleep, uh, something to... Uh, address pain, whatever your needs are, whatever your goals are, our cancers can help you think about the products for that experience. I love the play on words. Cannabis <laughs> concierge, concierge, love it. Uh, that was Matthew Brewer, owner of the Grasshopper Club. It's the first black-owned independent cannabis dispensary in Chicago. It opened earlier this month in the former Logan Square Trust and Saving Bank building on Milwaukee Avenue. Matthew, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me.